As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends at 10.04 p.m. on a Sunday night after the Eagles undressing of the Tennessee Titans, a 25-point dominating performance, 35-10 to 10 for the Eagles. They bounce back from rushing for over 350 yards by throwing for over 350 yards. First time a team has done that since 1987. On defense, they completely squash the Titans' running game. Derrick Henry, 11 carries for 30 yards. They get the Titans into third and long and feast. And on special teams, even the maligned Eagles special teams unit dominates. It was perhaps the Eagles most um, well-rounded and complete performance of the season. They are 11 and one. They have the best record in the NFL. I think we can make a case, Zach, that they are at the moment definitively the best team in the NFL. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited for this podcast. I can't address that last point until I read your power rankings on Tuesday. That is how I determine who the best team is in the NFL. But All right. I, well, that'll do it for uh, this episode of Birds with Friends. <laughs> I for must Zach say. and Marissa <laughs> and Christian Ellis, as always. I, I must say regarding the Eagles, I'm blown away. And I say that because I, I, I try to – to, to to stay in the middle, good or bad, with the games, almost like the Jalen Hurts approach. It it wouldn't be good for talk radio. It wouldn't get me hired for talk radio. But uh, 
I, I got to tell you, the, the way they played on offense today after the way they played last week, I don't know how defensive coordinators approach this team other than hoping they turn the ball over because we've seen them week in, week out, find different ways to play games, to win games. Uh, that performance from Jalen Hurts, from A.J. Brown, from Devontae Smith, what jumped out to me is teams don't do that against the Titans. And now I, I know the response is the Bills did that earlier this season. Yes, but in the past nine weeks, right, the, the, the Titans have won seven of nine games. They haven't allowed an opponent to score more than 20 points um, since, since week three. The Bengals and the Chiefs, two teams that will be very high on, on your power rankings in recent weeks. Don't did, speak for uh, me. Only scored 20 points each against this Titans defense and the Eagles were like easily moving the ball up and down the field. They were doing it with their passing game last week. They did it with their running game. Uh, just so impressed with this group. And I, I'll end this, uh, this monologue, if you will, by simply saying like, I'm impressed I with hope... your own monologue. <laughs> What's that? You're impressed with your own monologue. Oh, you will end uh, this. I thought you said, yes. and this. No, end with the end this monologue okay. by saying that I I hope um, fans are appreciating like what's going on here because this is a a really good team that a team like this doesn't come around very often. I thought that this was an interesting dichotomy between these two teams, Zach, because we talked about and everybody knows the Titans are a team that is very stubborn in their philosophy often to their credit you know they play their style of game and try to drag you into their style of game you know they they run the ball on first and second down they go play action with with ryan Tannehill and hope to get some plays downfield but pretty much you know what they're going to do on offense and on defense uh they're similarly structured they're going to try to stop your running game um and see what happens in the passing game the whereas the eagles are a team that continues to show time and time again this season that they can win in different ways. Yes. Um, and they are able to change their game plan and be flexible week to week. And against this Titans team, you know, the Titans had no answer for the Eagles once they got down and things just snowballed. And I, I think that that was, uh, you know, to the Eagles enormous credit. We can get to uh, some of the, the, you know, pre-snap penalties on offense. The, the one thing they need to clean up from this game and, you know, intra-division once every four years games can be a little bit weird. The Titans had some injuries to deal with. Um, they missed. They were missing guys heading into this game. They lost uh, important players on both sides of the ball in the middle of this game. But this was a drubbing. Um, yes. I mean, these two teams, the Eagles made the Titans look like, you know, um, the Texans or something like that. This, this game was never close. And as you said, on offense... You know, the Eagles didn't really even bother trying to run the ball that much. Miles Sanders had 10 carries for 24 yards. And the Eagles dominated in the air. Jalen Hurts looks great. 29 of 39 for 380 yards, three touchdowns. Both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, as you said, go over 100 yards. I just, uh, you know, you said you're you're so impressed with this team. that I think that was my takeaway, too, is that, you know, this was their most complete performance of the season. It was dominant. And still, it wasn't perfect, right? And, you know, they still haven't played that, as as Jalen Hurts likes to say. They're still chasing that standard, um, which they will never hit. But, like, 
they were awesome in this game. And and I actually think we should start with the defense and give you a chance to uh, and, and give you a chance to uh, puff your chest out on, on Johnny Gans. This defense that has allowed a combined one touchdown over the past six games in the second half. Um, they were able to do exactly what they wanted uh, on defense in this game. And I thought it was really impressive. It's interesting you start there because because the offense was was my much bigger takeaway here. Everybody's going to talk about um, the offense, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look this this defense they they did what what they're what what they're built to do what what they want to do, and they uh, they had one you know not very good drive the whole game basically, and and that was extended by by Ryan Tannehill running the ball which I, I don't know how much they were kind of gearing up for that, right? But they, they took Derrick Henry out of the game. They didn't a- allow the, the Titans receivers to, to get anything downfield. They pressured the quarterback. They get off the field on third down. Um, it's, it's the way they want to play. And what jumps out to me overall uh, is, is that they're number two in the league in sacks now. They're number one in takeaways. And going into the season – Right, the two the two areas that they wanted to improve from last year, or takeaways, and affecting the quarterback, and you you pick your head up. It's, I know the season's not over, but it's week thirteen, and they're near the top or at the top in both categories. Uh, the the defense has more sacks at this point in the season than any Eagles team except for the ninety one team, which was probably the best defense in Eagles history. Right. Uh, one of the best defenses in NFL history. So I know that some of it's bolstered by performances such as today a six sacks a six six sack performance. The game against Washington, they they had they the uh, they had a lot of sacks. But overall, you look at it, the poor games, the the games that uh, people are calling for Jonathan Gannon, those are far outnumbered this season by games such as today when they set the tempo for the game. They don't allow the opponent into the end zone, really. They're forcing them off the field on third downs. Um, yeah, they they played into it, other than takeaways, right? You didn't see that today. But other than that, they they did exactly what this defense is meant to do. And I thought that this was, you know, this was um, like if, if Jonathan Gannon was drawing up how this game was going to go, it, it was exactly to his plan, right? Um, because the Titans did mostly try to run the ball, especially when this game was still up in the air um, on first and second down. The Eagles were mostly able to keep them in third and long. And when the Titans had third and long, defining long as uh, six yards to go or more, they were 0 for 9. They got sacked four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when the Eagles were able to to really dominate um, and and do exactly what, as you said, like what was designed. Now, uh, in terms of like schematics, it didn't seem like they were doing a ton differently. TJ Edwards, after the game, said basically it was just we were winning our one-on-one matchups. The defensive line dominated. I think that's mostly true. Uh, Jordan Davis played two snaps, all of two snaps in this game. Um, one of them next to Linval Joseph. So there was your big surprise. You got one, one uh, snap of the two of them on the field at the same time. Um, and they actually were able to, what I thought was interesting, they were able to stop the run demonstrably in this game while playing a lot of even fronts. Um, it was not just loading up on the odd fronts. And, and sometimes this was against 
uh, 12 personnel from the Titans. They were the, the Eagles were in uh, even fronts more often than not, and they did a very good job. And they, I really do think it, it was like they were just winning up front. Yeah. Um, and so credit to to all of those guys. They're deep there. Um, you know they they have had uh, their down games, but but right now they or at least today they looked they looked really good. And the the Titans we knew going into the game they did not have particularly good wide receivers. Traylon Burks goes out in the first quarter with a with a concussion. What a catch! I that think, was, huh? And I'll see, yeah, the fact that he held onto the ball there really impressive. Uh, I think they dressed four receivers for this game, so they were down to three. They played a lot of twelve personnel thereafter. Um, I would shout out Marissa's Terps because their leading receiver, the leading pass catcher, was Chig. Um, who uh, who had a good game, um, but otherwise very little that the Titans were able to do in the passing game, and that offensive line is not good. I mean, I saw Mike Vrabel was asked af- after the game if they need to make a change at left tackle. Uh, the Eagles dominated the line of scrimmage. That was a huge part of it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, not really much else to talk about schematically. It was it was such a stifling performance. I think. Um, I'm surprised you started with the defense today, though. I don't know. Kind of threw a curveball the there. Offense. Yeah, I was. I thought the I offense. Feel like we was never like, start with the defense, so I'm trying to give them give them some flowers. It's just odd you picked to start the defense on a day when you know the Eagles had two 100 yard receivers. Jalen Hurts nears his career high. I didn't in say we weren't going to talk about the offense. <laughs> we got a long show. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> just kidding. Let's let's All right, keep why don't you host the show. You don't need to be offended by it. I was just kidding. I'll keep going. going. No, I'm good. (laughs) Go ahead. Take over. (laughs) All right. So do you want to get so then we should transition to the offense then? Um, As I said, I think we should take a break before we get to the offense. But if you know, (laughs) you got to segment this bad boy. If you're the host, Zach, you got to keep all these things in mind. You got to you got to have the the flow of the show. I'll defer to in your host. mind at all times. <laughs> I'll defer to the host. All right, let's finish on the defense quickly. Um, Reed Blankenship did get the start at safety. I thought he played well. I mean, he was not really tested uh, in this game, but even the, the big plays that the Titans did have on offense came against Josiah Scott um, or Marcus Epps. I think there was, I think, I don't at one point in the fourth quarter, I don't know if they ended up having a longer play, but three of the Titans' five longest plays of the game were just Ryan Tannehill scrambles. It was like the only thing that they had going in the first half. Um, Nicobe Dean got into this game uh, while it was still undecided because Kaiser White was banged up, but he ended up returning and was fine. Uh, I thought Dean looked okay. Um, I think I still think that he looks like out of place small on the field as a linebacker, but small is a relative term. Watch yes. uh, the, the few snaps he had. And then at the end, I mean, this game was so such a blowout that um, the Eagles were putting in their backups with about 10 minutes left. Um, I thought it was very funny on defense because uh, the defense was like, it's like Reed Blankenship and Kayvon Wallace and Zach McPherson and Josiah Scott and uh, who's the, and Andre Sacheray on the field. You got N'Kobe Dean and Christian Ellis at linebacker. You've got... Patrick Johnson and Kyron Johnson getting defensive snaps on the edge. Milton Williams is the young defensive tackle. You get him on the field. Oh, and by the way, Domican Sue has to slum it, you know, like 198 games into his career yeah. 
the all the perennial all pro has to has to slum it with the Eagles uh young scrubs. It's kind of funny. Well who's the, well who's the alternative there? That speaks to right. the depth that they have, right? Right, exactly. Um all right, before we get to the offense sack, because we do have to take a break before that, I think we should take some time now to talk about the special teams. Okay. The maligned Eagles special teams uh were great in this game. Yes. For one, uh Britton Covey on punt returns more dynamic than um, than he has been all season. It was actually the second most punt return yards by a single player in a game this season, behind only Marcus Jones's um, game and when he's when he scored the basically walk off touchdown against the Jets for the Patriots. Uh, but even better than that was the kickoff coverage, um, which was very good, and the punt coverage as well. Now Christian Ellis, who we uh, teased as a possibility uh, for a practice squad promotion. Did get the practice squad promotion. Made a few like big plays. Nicobe Dean made a big hit in the open field. Um, they looked very good. Uh, I talked to both uh, Dean and Ellis about this after the game. Um, you know whether there was anything different schematically that they were doing uh, or anything like that. And uh, Nicobe Dean just said the message all week uh, from Michael Clay was energy and passion. Energy and passion was the number one message. Come out there and have energy and passion. The whole week of preparation was kind of the same, uh, but he just wanted to emphasize us having energy and passion again and want to in our mindset, and I feel like that was the difference this week. So uh, I think from a big-picture standpoint, uh, it's it's kudos to a team that uh, has shown that it is able to um, midway correct some of their, their flaws as the season goes along. Well said. That, that's that been the case with issues we brought up throughout the season, and they've gone about rectifying it. Uh, I noticed one s- small alignment change that they did, and when you go back oh, and watch the All-22, you. you want to see this. I don't know if there's Special anything to this. teams alignment maven over here. I don't know if there's anything to it, um, and I, I, I will find out this week, but if you, if you go back and you watch the game and you compare it, I, I was actually going to text you the screenshots. I didn't. I, I knew you were working. I didn't want wow. to bother you. Uh, they the on the left side on kickoff returns, they kind of bunched two players together, okay. um, as opposed to having more of a split. I, I look at you. I I don't know what that means. Um, I will try to find out more. It might not be anything, right? It, it might be one of those things you ask about. And it's like, oh yeah, we just decided to line up that way. But uh, but it is. It's 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 something I noticed throughout the game. And then I went back and well and and looked at the overhead camera from last week's game to see if to confirm it was different and it, and it was different. Otherwise, Christian Ellis was a big change and he played well. I mean, he he took I think twenty seven special team snaps in week eighteen last year. So um, clearly, the Eagles like him in that role. You credit to Bo identified. Christian Ellis is a practice squad promotion they could make, and they always did make. Always liked Christian Ellis in, the, in during training camp. He was always injured, but he's yeah. got he's got speed. Yeah, and he's he 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 brought it there, right? He he was he was ready to get after them. Um, My Christian Ellis Kobe story um, from the locker room is that I want to say like six weeks ago. You know, time jumbles together in the regular season. It could have been two weeks ago. It could have been three months ago. I feel like it was about six weeks ago. Somebody um, in the locker room was like, all of a sudden I heard like a familiar tune in my ear and I realized that somebody was whistling a Disney song. 
and I and I can't quite remember exactly what Disney song it was. I think it might have been like Under the Sea or something like that. And I realized it was Christian Ellis. It's like, are you are you whistling a Disney song, my man? And he said, yeah, that's like his his uh, his baby son uh, loves it. He didn't even realize he was doing it. He was just you know he was just doing it. So uh, he got an eight month old Koa. And so this was the first game that Christian Ellis got to play as a father. You saw the dad strength out there. That's a great nugget right there. I hope that makes the day after. Also brother of Noah Ellis, uh, who is still Correct. on the roster, but yes. we have never seen. Has not <laughs> once if, ever been in the locker room. <laughs> but if, if they win the Super Bowl, he can pull the Randall Goforth. And, uh, yeah, but for, at, least, like, I, like, at least Randall Goforth yeah, was in the locker yes. room. For our, for our listeners... Back in 2017, Randall Goforth went on IR. He was an undrafted rookie out of UCLA, and he went on IR during the summer, during training camp, and he, therefore he stays on IR throughout the season. And so at the ring ceremony, all these players are getting rings, and and, and you see, he's like, wait, is that Randall Goforth? And it was, in fact, Goforth, Randall Goforth. So so if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, um, both both Noah Ellis and Jaden Graham, who was also on IR, the tight end. But Noah Ellis, was, like, he, he was placed on NFI because he suffered. I think it's because of the injury he suffered was during his um, workout, his, his yeah. pre-draft workout. And they thought that he was going to maybe be the, you know, the backup nose. So if if no Noah Ellis, maybe there's no Linval Joseph. I just can't believe we're getting the Noah Ellis before A.J. Brown. Well, I can't <laughs> so believe be- you, you're, the one with the, you're the one with the special teams alignment tweak. <laughs> and again, Bobby I don't know. April this- over here. <laughs> I don't know if Notices that, if that, in live. I don't know if that alignment if that alignment means anything. And I, I certainly don't want to overstate it because I simply I for full disclosure, I don't know what it meant, what it accomplished, if anything. But it is it's it's just something that I noticed when watching them, and then I went back and confirmed mm. after the game. Ellis said that uh he got the word Wednesday this week from Michael Clay that he was gonna be up. And so he had the whole week, he had the whole week to prepare. He was nervous. But, you know, Nick Sirianni prepares them for that. You know, you can be nervous. It's about what you do with it. Don't picture uh, the bad. Don't picture the good. Just do your job. Also, there's no need to tell him on Wednesday because if you stay ready, you, you don't need to get ready, right? Uh, I mean, maybe like you got an eight-month-old uh, make me, you, and you want them to come to the game. Ooh, I'm, I'm losing you, Bo. Your mic's okay. disconnecting. Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Zach, this might be a good time to toss the break. Yes, this is actually a perfect time to toss the break. So we will hear a word from our trusted sponsors. And on the other side, we might have a few minutes to talk about this outstanding offense that the Eagles had today. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are back on Birds with Friends, still awaiting Bo, our outstanding host, and here is Bo. Bo, the floor is yours. Well, Zach, the Eagles, what an offensive performance. Some people might have led with this. We didn't. <laughs> we saved it for the B block. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts passing for 380 yards, A.J. Brown against his former team, exacting the revenge that he uh, so desired and downplayed during the week and admitted after the game that he really was searching for. Yes, A.J. Brown, who uh, was awesome today, right? I, I mean, and he actually said he expected a better performance than than what occurred. Uh, so did you. From A.J.? You thought the 1,000 yards were coming. You thought I he was going to get 169. Damn, you're fine. I didn't think they were coming. I... I simply said that that uh, or I I thought it was a good bet with the turkeys. I I bid what two turkeys on that? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, sounds so. Right. Uh, both AJ Brown and um, and and Devonte Smith over 100 yards receiving uh, the first time an Eagles the, the the first time two players on the Eagles did that since 2018. First time two wide receivers did it. Since 2013, the Nick Foles seven touchdown performance. Uh, so really impressive game from from both of them. Obviously, we'll we'll start with AJ. Uh, the the well, I don't want to bury the lead though because Devonte Smith did do something very important in this game. <laughs> uh, Devonte Smith reached. We should have led with this. <laughs> Devonte Smith reached 60 catches, uh, which which is quite the benchmark. And as our audience would appreciate, the last Eagles wide receiver to do that in back-to-back -back years was uh, the person who made the 60-catch season famous on Birds with Friends, and that is, <laughs> and that is Nelson Aguilar. Okay, uh, and for our and and we gotta we gotta talk about this because Zach <laughs> real Devontae Smith gets three catches early first drive yeah. of this game, which gets him to 59 on the season, and so Zach. You know, the uh, com comedic genius that he is, tees up his tweet uh, for to, for whenever Devontae Smith gets his next catch. He's got, uh, this is going to be, you know, Devontae Smith gets his 60-catch season for the second time. or whatever. I forget exactly what the, the words were. So Devontae Smith gets his 60th catch. Zach hits send on the tweet. He's been waiting to send. He relaxes. He takes a little, <laughs> takes a little uh, load off. His work for the day is done. Far from it. And then all of a sudden, out comes Mike Rabel with the red challenge flag. And they go to the booth, and the catch is wiped away. Devontae Smith goes back down to 59 catches, and I believe never got another catch, did he? Or, no, he did. Oh, no, he, he did. did. He, I know he, I know he did. Truly thereafter. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, that what, what, what Bo said is partially accurate. I, I did know. Oh, no, my tweet. I did. I did know shimmy. I did not say my work was was finished for the day. I simply said the ball. I turned after Devontae Smith's touchdown, and I looked at, at 
at his numbers. And I said, Bo, you're going to enjoy what comes next. And <laughs> uh, that is what it is. Yes. Said. And so, and I knew immediately. So for our newish listeners, and some of you might be, uh, Bo Shiona. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bo Shiona, I once got in a debate about, I think, Nelson Aguilar's career in Philadelphia. And I had mentioned that he has a 60 catch season, right? Twice. And Bo, uh, as, as he has wanted to do, was like, whoa, a 60 catch season. <laughs> like sending him to the Hall of Fame. Or, uh, yeah. So uh, Devontae Smith, two years in a row now, 60 catch season. But, but, but Devontae, if you look at his. It, the fourth play, the fourth Eagle in history with back to back 60 yard seasons to begin his career. I like that stat. Uh, if in two, can you name the other three? I already asked you. Yeah, you already asked me. So for the listeners, they they haven't been. They don't know this. Should I name them? Two, two. Can you remember of them? Of course, I remember everything you say to me. Uh, everything. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Uh, it's a bit of a red flag that I listen. <laughs> red flags uh-huh. that I listen. Only when the only when the Phillies aren't making minor transactional news. <laughs> so it was Jordan Matthews. Deshaun Jackson and Keith Jackson. Correct. Uh, so to shift to a serious note here with Devontae Smith, and we should talk about AJ, but on the Devontae Smith topic, um, he's on pace to have 80 plus catches, a, th- uh, a hair over a thousand yards this season. I think like a thousand and seven yards. If you look at his per game average over 17 weeks. Uh, now we don't know if they're going to play 17 games. You know, there's, there's a, lo- a lot to it. But Sirianni made a point after the game to mention that he keeps being told that there are articles or questions about getting Devontae Smith going. And his answer was he thinks Devontae Smith has been going. He said other than week one, uh, Devontae's been a steady player for them. And there, you know, there have been ebbs and flows here, but in terms of targets and catches, he's he, he's been fairly consistent there. Uh, today was a notable. He was dominating today. Yeah, he, I, I, I mean, it was a little bit against McCreary and a little bit against their other backup corner, but he was like, he was wide open a ton of times. Yes. Yes. Uh, and Sirianni highlighted the first third down of the game, the route that, that Devontae yeah, ran that there. One, yeah. Filthy. And that was a critical one. Hold on. I, I, I lost you there. Uh, so this is the same thing happened to me just as a quick aside. It, I guess if I don't say Sirianni fast enough, my computer picks mm. up. And when you so you got the mistress talking again. <laughs> so when that comes up on the on, on the computer, I can't hear I can't hear what you're saying because the microphone is 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 waiting for my directive. Uh so Devonte, so so Sirianni said that. Hey Siri, how many uh, sixty catch seasons does AJ Brown have? <laughs> so it didn't work. So the, so, so Devonte, what what's also to give you some some color afterwards? As Nick was talking up Devonte's season, uh, he had his his son next to him. His seven year old son Jacob was sitting next to him, and Jacob was actually wearing uh, a Devonte Smith jersey. And then underneath the Devonte Smith jersey, he was wearing the Jalen Hurts jersey. And uh, uh, Nick asked where the AJ Brown jersey was, and um, and Jacob said that uh, that if he wore 
the AJ Brown jersey, his mom said that it would actually be too big. He wouldn't be able to fit them all on, uh, which which actually it, it, it reminds me of the, uh, you know, take from when I was in uh, from when your mic went out again. We discussed Halloween growing up when, you know, so I'm a seven year old, eight year old in Halloween growing up. And I would always want to wear the jersey over the jacket. Um, right. But you can't fit the jersey over the jacket. Uh, so that's a that's a, a little color from after the game. But the fact that all three are, are, are worthy wardrobe choices speaks to the type of game that Devontae Smith had, A.J. Brown had and Jalen Hurts. And before we well, how we about get- the full circle nature of uh, a conversation about um, coaches, children's jersey choices on the day when Jim Schwartz returns to the Lincoln Financial Field? You're right. Yeah, right. You pulled out that we were speaking to our our Titans reporter, and and you mentioned how Jim Schwartz went to, or Jim Schwartz's daughter went to Brentwood Academy with Derek Barnett, which was a great piece of information. <laughs> yes, spent some time at Brentwood Academy working on a story. Yeah. So, so in for the any, newcomers, J- Jim Schwartz's yeah. uh, son famously wore a Jalen Mills jersey in 2017, and that's uh, how we knew that Jalen Mills was a coach's favorite. So. The fact that uh, Jalen Hurts threw for 380 yards, three touchdowns, ran for one, was terrific in this game and isn't really getting like uh, the the big treatment on the show or I can't imagine he's, he's going to be the headliner in tomorrow's stories. I have a story that just went up. I haven't read the edits yet on AJ, on AJ Brown, uh, but – it, well, on the wide receivers, but it leads with AJ Brown. But that shows you the type of where Jalen Hurts is is right now. He's a a, a legitimate MVP candidate. We received an email no from my, one of the editors today saying we need to have our three our our three quarter mark of the season MVP submissions in yeah. this week and. I'll look it up, but I I know the you know the Chiefs lost today, right? I, I got to think Jalen Hurts might be my front runner here. They're eleven to one. He's been terrific, running the ball, passing the ball. I mean, he, what he's done these past two weeks alone really speaks to it. I'm I'm uh, I'm really impressed with with Jalen Hurts, and I think I said it. I forget which game I said it. I think the Pittsburgh game when I said that. You know, he's 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 not the headlining, you know, he's not the headliner right now, and he had that type of game, and it speaks to his his development. The fact that he could rush for 150 plus yards last week, throw for 350 plus yards this week, and we're not um you know, we're not saying back up the Brinks trucks right now, right? It's it's because this is almost I don't want to say the expectation is this, but this this is the standard with which he's playing at right now it's it's a credit to him and it's why the eagles are a legitimate super bowl contender i think i'd probably go christian ellis number one for mvp yeah oh (laughs) just on a per game impact i mean tough to top um and then i guess hurts I, i i think i would probably still vote for mahomes over him but i mean yeah, they switch places, and you know, what do you think happens? But I'm not. I don't want it to be taken away from Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He's he's been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, he's he's 
He's been so and he's been so consistent. And, How about, he, and he takes care of the ball. To answer this question, Andy Shaw, when can they extend him? They can extend him at the start of the league year. So they can extend him in, in, in March. And we'll save that conversation for another day. But there are a lot of dynamics there, including Lamar well, we keep Jackson's saying we're gonna save the conversation. We gotta have it eventually. Well, I, I think it's pretty clear that they're gonna want to sign him. The question is, is when does he want to sign? Right? Does he wait for the Lamar Jackson contract to go down? Does he wait for a Joe Burrow contract to go down? Uh, there are a handful of dynamics there that are at play that 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 could factor into this. But the question we had before the season was whether the Eagles would know. And I, I think I can say at this point, the Eagles know. We know, right? He is their quarterback going forward. Yeah, I think that's probably right. So, AJ. Um, oh, well, sorry. anything else? Because I thought, I mean, I did. Uh, Jalen was really good in this yeah. game. I mean, guys were running wide open. Mm -hmm. um, I did think it was funny. Like somebody asked. Jalen in the uh, post game press conference because you know he throws that he throws that ball down the right sideline to AJ Brown for a forty one yard touchdown reception. I know it's technically forty in the stat sheet, but that ball was on the forty one yard line. I agree. Okay. So I had to update that in the lead of my story, and I thought it was forty one. I had it written yeah. down in the game that ball 41. was absolutely on the forty one. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, uh, but they they yeah that was a judged. weird stat. That was a weird stat change to make it a forty. Yeah, and wrong. <laughs> um, so we can, we like a thing that only you and I care about. Um, however, uh, it looked like a touchdown and, uh, and AJ Brown does his celebration, which we will get to because I, um, I'm a little bit, uh, uneasy about it. Um, and then on the next play, uh, he hits, he hits him for another one on a play where like AJ Brown just runs over a guy and is arguably offensive pass interference, but, uh, it's called for legal contact. And, and someone was like, uh, as Jalen hurts, like, was it? Did you make a point of going back to AJ Brown uh, for that touchdown pass after the the first touchdown pass got called back? And like that play, like Jalen Hurts is holding the ball forever, and AJ Brown is like not his initial read and is just standing wide open. I don't think it was like let's call a play for AJ Brown here. You know, it was no, like, but oh, by the way, oh, this guy's wide open. But the second touchdown of the the AJ Brown's second touchdown is it's yes. kind of comparable to. The Pittsburgh game in that AJ Brown didn't think they were going to throw him the ball there. Basically, yes. they 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 had it was like a uh, a cover it, it was a cover two beater where AJ Brown um it, he's if if the if if the corner you know so so he runs a go and you know if the corner stays where he is then AJ Brown's the option if the corner goes with AJ then AJ's just kind of clearing it out for Devontae in the, in that spot and the corner went with AJ. And Jalen Hurts still threw him the ball. And AJ, like, he he said, he sees the ball coming. He's like, all right, I got to play it cool. Uh, and that's where the late hands came in. Uh, so that's uh, that's what he said. And then Jalen Hurts was asked about it after the game. And Jalen said, I tell these guys all the time, the ball can come to you at any point. Be ready. They don't listen to me. <laughs> but, but, that, but, but that's an example of it. AJ was not expecting the ball and just made what Jalen Hurts described as a grown man's catch there. But... Uh, the replay of that catch is so funny. Like the close-up replay, like AJ Brown's like just jogging down the field and he barely even moves his hands. He's completely blanketed and he barely even moves his hands and then just like throws them up and the ball just lands right there. It was yes. like the, the, that, that one little clip uh, was very funny. It made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, but Jalen. All right. Let's get to, let's get to AJ. Okay. Oh. Well, if you want, if you had something else to say, on no, the last thing I was, was going to say about Jalen, he had the rushing touchdown, but really didn't have to use his legs that much today. 
And perhaps that that was a function of the Titans game plan, right? Anyone who watched last week's game, the Titans staff included, probably were determined not to allow uh, Jalen Hurts to beat them with his legs. Also, we spoke quite a bit on Friday's show about the disparity between Tennessee's passing defense and, 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 and Tennessee's rushing defense. And I think we had the discussion, do you – uh, you know, do you run the ball because that's your strength or, or do you, you know, the Eagles very clearly were determined to pass the ball. I think they thought they could pass the ball on the Titans. They didn't need Jalen to run the ball. And the fact that, that, that Jalen can do this in a game when his legs, they're a threat in the sense that Tennessee must account for them, but they weren't a threat in the sense that he went to it often, uh, speaks to where Jalen is as a passer and where this passing game is as a passer. And this is actually a quick transition into the AJ conversation, but um, if you just want to see like where this offense is compared to where it was week 13 of the 2020 season, Jalen hurts. That's when Jalen hurts went in for Carson Wentz. That was the game against the Packers. Okay. So same week, two years ago, the, the Eagles had two wide receivers that game who caught passes only two, Greg Ward and Jalen Rager. Okay. They had three other wide receivers who were targeted for passes. Alshon Jeffrey. John Hightower and Travis Fulgham, among those five players, wasn't there, wasn't there something? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just, wasn't there something very funny about the Alshon Jeffrey target in that game? Was that like the uh, jump ball, or like he he tried to jump and he wasn't able to jump, or something like that? I would, I would have to look it up. Maybe so. That that twenty twenty season's that. kind of a blur. But uh, if 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 you think so, of of those five, only one, Joe and Rager, is on an active roster right now. I know Hightower, Fulgham, Ward are on practice squads. Um, but what the Eagles have, have, have done on the first night of the draft the past two years, getting Devontae, getting A.J. Brown, um, the the effect that it's had on this passing game, this is up there with the best duos in the NFL. I mean, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins is high on the is high on the on the, on that list. Um, you know, there are a few others there, but AJ and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith would be the top passing option on a lot of teams in this league or some of the teams in this league. So uh, the fact that the Eagles have have both of them is a spot that Eagles fans haven't been in in a long time. Um, okay, let's talk about AJ Brown um, because you wrote about AJ Brown. Uh, he, you wrote about him earlier in the week. You followed suit and... What did you learn? What did what did you? I wasn't in on AJ Brown's post game yeah. press conference, but it sounds like he uh, he admitted that this game meant a little bit more to him. Yeah, he said this is a game that he had circled on his schedule. He said he's he's tried to downplay it, but this game was circled on his schedule. Uh, he his I don't want to say his version of events. I mean, because this is what occurred, but he he casts it like like the Titans got rid of him, right? Um, and I, I know there are complexities at, at play, like, you know, whether it's contract negotiations, whether it's contract negotiations, whether it's cap space, but he, he said, I told them I want to retire there and ended up getting traded. He said, of course, I wanted to make them, or I wanted to make them regret the decision. To be honest, it's been personal since the trade. I've been trying to keep it down. I stated that's where I, I, I wanted to be. It was like, here you go. We don't want you anymore. I, I got pushed aside. Uh, there were a handful of other things that, that were, um, that were brought up in there. So, uh, uh, 
that's what jumped out. And then, so the first touchdown celebration, which he had pre-planned, and it was actually, it did not count. Um, he caught the ball, and then he he grabs the towel out of, you know, he, he had a, a towel in his pants, and he goes to the goalpost, and he starts um, hitting the goalpost. And I will quote him here. Um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not jumping to assumptions here. He said, uh, quote, today, I'm, I'm going to have to give you this whooping, but I still love you, though. That's where the hug came in at the end. Um, yeah, I don't like that. Uh, okay. I, I mean, that's, I that's, mean, that's what happened. Doesn't that, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, he was, that's what happened. That's 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 what happened. <laughs> I'm not debating that it happened or not. I'm debating that I I don't like <laughs> that that was his celebration. Like <laughs> I don't know. That seems a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, doesn't that make it a little queasy? I mean, uh, <laughs> look, I I. Does it make me queasy? It doesn't. It's it, it's not like the first time I've ever heard of this before. So no, it doesn't. It. it I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure how my how I'm supposed to answer. It. I I wasn't queasy when it occurred. No. Uh, I don't know. I kind of yeah. was. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm. What's next? He gets the he gets the he gets the football and he starts spanking it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, <laughs> please go on about uh, why you were un 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 uncomfortable with it. <laughs> I don't have much to contribute here. Uh, yeah, it was a celebration. I, I understood the spirit behind it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's advocating for this. I, I don't know. I, I, I just think it was, uh, it was, it was a, a message he wanted to convey. Yeah. Sure, it sure was. Uh, but I mean, I also thought that, like, you know, AJ Brown was awesome in this game, and this was like, you know, uh, an example of two teams, um, one that desperately could have used a player like AJ Brown. Now, Traylon Burks made an awesome yeah. touchdown catch, you know, the guy who was drafted with the pick that they uh acquired in the AJ Brown trade and then got knocked out of the game. By Marcus Epps, which was kind of a scary moment. Um, I didn't think a, a super dirty hit. I think he was just sort of uh, leading with the shoulder, and and Burks was coming into him. Um, but like, it's hard to take yourself seriously as a team when you have a player like AJ Brown in the in his prime who wants to stay with the team, and you trade him, and then I think they got their you know sort of just desserts um, having to go up against him, and, and he has a big game. Bless you. I waited to say bless you until Bo finished speaking. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, you are absolutely correct. Uh, the the difference between the receiving cores was apparent today. Now, as you mentioned, Trail uh, uh, Traylon Burks going out certainly has an effect to that. But that's a team that could bear that that could badly use AJ Brown, and uh, he he's changed this Eagles offense. He would change that Titans offense. Uh, they would certainly have more of an answer for it. So you're you're absolutely correct about it. All right. The the thing we got to talk about for, for the offense that wasn't very good uh, was the pre-snap penalties and the holding penalties. 
They had 11 penalties on offense in this game that were all either pre-snap or holding. Um, every single starting offensive lineman had a penalty in this game. They hit for the cycle. Um, Jordan Mailata after the game was uh, pretty down about this, uh, pretty upset. that, uh, And, you know, he said they're all going to come in tomorrow uh, and do some extra uh, film work about it. Um, the flip side to that is when they weren't false starting or holding, I mean, they dominated the Titans' defensive line. Uh, Jalen Hurts was pressured at the lowest rate in any game this season uh, that he has had. It was under 20%. Uh, he had like so much time to throw on some of those downfield completions. Um, there was not a lot of pressure on him at all, but um, you know, it's one of those things where you excuse it because it was a game that they were dominating anyway, but if it was a closer game, you can't really afford to to be quite so sloppy on offense. So regarding the uh, penalties, and I, I don't know if, if this was a reason for it, but, uh, Mike Vrabel was was pretty steamed about the officiating after the game as well. And he made a point that this, and I'm quoting him here, this crew is from all over. They just put this crew together today, so yeah. I, I don't know. And right, it's, he, a, it's a hodgepodge crew. Yeah, and he was asked why they ended up putting it together. He said, I don't know. I don't know. These are all great questions. You can go. He actually said, get the pool reporter, whoever that is, and go ask. That, <laughs> that, that technically would have been me. Called you up by name. That's great. <laughs> um, I, I did not know this was a hodgepodge crew. <laughs> I can only imagine. You're too busy focused on special teams, X's and O's. <laughs> I can only imagine my call to the league. Uh, can you explain to me how this crew came together? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so – um, because it's weird that Mike Vrabel is given post-game press conferences when I, I thought he wasn't allowed to be the coach anymore. He wasn't allowed to be the coach anymore. Hey, see, as long as he's the coach of the team, AJ Brown oh, is going to be on the oh, team. Oh yes. Well, I don't think that was Mike Vrabel's decision. Hmm. He was actually asked today. Uh, uh, one of the questions was how trading AJ Brown was for the betterment of the team or something of that of, of that nature. He didn't want to go there. Um, but what yeah, was he so mad about though? He I mean, was, there was the, he was AJ mad about AJ Brown's touchdown, second right? touchdown. Yeah. Okay. And so he said, um, he said, Christian and, and Christian's being that's Christian Fulton has, has the right to the space. Hmm. He said, uh, I just know I, uh, he said the defensive back has the right to that space. Did he take a charge? I don't know. Um, yeah, it was very much like a like a, a guy trying to take a charge in the open uh, in the open floor, and like his feet were shuffling, and he just got plowed over and still got called for a foul. Yes, so that was the play that that he seemed miffed about, and and, and that was a forty yard touchdown early in the game. So that was a big play in the game. I don't know if it would make a material 40 in, difference. Forty in the scorebooks, but 41, <laughs> forty one. Forty one. Really know. So I bring that up as a way of saying this was a very disjointed game. Weird calls throughout the game and uh, the pre-snap penalties that the Eagles had, they were inexcusable, but I wonder if that was part of the reason for it because Rabel did make that point after the game about the, the hodgepodge officiating crew. And uh, I, I was listening to the broadcast of the game and Greg Olson um, and Kevin Burkhart were like making points about how, how many whistles there were here or how many flags there were. So, uh, it certainly did not have the same rhythm as some other games. Yeah, I think that's right. And some of the holding calls did seem a little bit ticky-tack, but do what you got to do. What was your uh, – I mean, besides the celebration, I'm curious, your takeaway on AJ's performance today? 
I mean, he's he's a man out there. It's like he's he's uncoverable for the most part. And he completely changes what they do on offense. Um, it was nice to see uh, like a relative bounce back after, uh, you know, the fumbles the last couple of weeks. But even then, I thought he was fine. I thought he moved a little bit better in this game. Um, it looked like he was not quite 100 percent the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean. I think I was probably more or have been a little bit more pleasantly surprised by Devonte Smith's play over the past couple of games, because it, it brings a different dynamic to the offense because we, we already knew what AJ Brown brought. And especially with Dallas Goddard out, it's been, it's been nice for them to be able to lean on Devonte Smith a little bit more. And you imagine that, you know, when Goddard comes back, um, all the more difficult it yeah. is for opposing defenses. But yeah, I mean, AJ Brown is, is awesome. He's, he's one of the, you know, five or six wide receivers in the league who like completely change the ceiling of an offense. What opposing defenses have to think about going into the game. Well said. And the fact that he's, you know, 25 years old and he's here and him and Devonte are, are going to grow together, presumably with Jalen hurts. Um, the, the, the fact that they're only 13 games into this, uh, I know you, you can't, count on two, three, four years later in this league so much. There's so many variables, uh, but it should be an encouraging sign for this team. This is just the beginning. I also thought there were some things in this game. Somebody brought up the uh, the weird little trick play with after they had shown the jet motion handoff to Quez. A few plays later, they did the handoff to Quez, pitch it to Devontae Smith, pitch it back to Jalen Hurts, who then throws to Quez Watkins for like six yards. Uh, I think this game got to a point where Nick Sirianni was like, okay, let's let's put a few things on tape for opposing defenses to have to worry about, not with the express purpose of trying to score points right this second. Like they put, you know, they they had a few 21 personnel in this game uh, for the first time, I think, with actual two running backs, Boston Scott sharing the backfield with Miles Sanders. You saw that Zach Pascal in the backfield thing again, a couple of snaps of uh, 01 personnel. I think the last couple of weeks they've decided to sort of put a few things on tape for uh, just just for, uh, you know, stealing a few extra hours of no sleep for whoever their opposing defensive coordinator is. You picked that up right away because I, I said to you, I said, why would they put this on tape right now? And you thought they were doing it on purpose. So you think like a coach. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true or a compliment, but. I'll take it. Both. Okay. Uh, all right, Zach, let's take a, a little break. We'll come back. We'll uh, tidy up Swooper. Um, maybe a few other pieces of nonsense, and then we'll get going. Back on Birds with Friends. Oh, Zach and Marissa. Marissa, we haven't, like, talked to you. No, I'm, I'm listening. There's a lot to break down from this game. Um, I was able to watch again this afternoon, so that was good. I'm very impressed. Uh, obviously like everything you guys said um also you know we talked about before the show started like the 49ers losing jimmy g you know this this team might have a pretty easy i don't want to call it easy but i don't know this team well, looks i think like that's they could go far we had super bowl conversations pre-show so not to jinx anything but marissa this is why you are such a, a superstar producer because you're transitioning us right into Perfect. The conversation we need to have. Perfect. Cowboys um, are on right I, now. Unfortunately, they were. It looked like the Colts were going to hang in there, but you know. 
Yeah, they've pulled away. Uh, Cowboys are going to win that game, and so the Cowboys are going to go to nine and three, two games behind the eleven and one Eagles. The Minnesota Vikings beat the Jets today. They remain one game behind the Eagles, although the Eagles hold a tiebreaker over them uh, because of their head-to-head win. But uh, I think most people would have said coming into this game that the the two biggest threats in the NFC are the Cowboys and the Niners. Now, uh, the Niners did win that game against the Dolphins today with Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, um, a player who was, uh, I believe, identified um, on the Athletic as a potential late-round quarterback sleeper um, by somebody. I I can't remember who. Um, They won that game. But you would have to think that uh, this probably saps the Niners of being Super Bowl contenders. Who knows? Maybe Brock Purdy is going to be the next Tom Brady. But, um, I mean, hopefully not from like a misleading selling snake oil, um, like supplements standpoint or uh, cryptocurrency hawking, but from uh, maybe a football standpoint. Um, the stakes for the Eagles season are, are you know, have never been more clear, right? Um, they're the, I think they're the best team in football right now. I think they can claim to be the best team in football right now, but that means nothing and it guarantees nothing. Um, for them now, it is all about what happens in the playoffs and they have five games to secure the number one seed. And, uh, you know, as we all know, there's a huge difference in the playoffs now between having the number one seed and not. Uh, and for the Eagles, the potential of falling all the way down to the five seed would be um, borderline disastrous, having to win three road games potentially. Um, that's what this is about. Uh, that's like the undercurrent of everything that happens now over, over the month of December. But, Zach, do you feel like, this is uh, the team that will be the number one seed. Do you think they're going to be able to, to close this out over the final five games? I think they'll be the number one seed, yes. And the number one seed obviously gives you that path that you need. Now, in the playoffs, you can't afford a clunker, obviously, right? If, if, if there's a day when the turnovers come up like they did against Washington and you're playing against Minnesota or you're playing against Dallas or you, you go on down, down the list, things can happen in the playoffs. So I thought the Chiefs... I thought the Chiefs last year were better than the Bengals, although the Bengals disposed of them today, right? Um, but point being that uh, you don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, but I think well, what, all you can do is position yourself for the postseason. And they're unless they slip up twice here, once before Dallas or after Dallas potentially, and the Dallas game, uh, I see them... As the as as the one seed, because Dallas is so good, the margin for error there is is very thin. Like the difference between first and second place in the division this year means the difference between a first round bye and two home playoff games to try to get to the Super Bowl and a wild card a wild card bid and presumably three road games to get to the Super Bowl. So. Uh, the Eagles need that first round bye. It, you know, winning the division would be a little different if if uh, if Dallas wasn't there, right? I mean, if they were, if Dallas was in a different division and they won the NFC East, um, and you don't get the bye, but you're the two seed, you still get a home playoff game. Uh, point being, yeah, they they still have work. And we can't all the way count out the Vikings, uh, who are one game behind. They have a very easy schedule down the stretch. They play at Detroit, against home against the Colts 
home against the Giants, at the Packers, at the Bears. Um, it's not crazy that they could go 5-0, and um, even if that would be a bit ahead of their skis with a 15-2 and record. But um, meanwhile, the Cowboys, as you said, the margin for error is slim. If, if that ends up in a tie, presuming that the Eagles would lose that December or uh, December 24th game, then the Cowboys would have the edge. So the Eagles can't really afford to lose two more games. We'll see what happens, uh, especially if one of those games is the Cowboys game. Um, Zach, I, you know, uh, we've got some long, long time fans who remember the too much Ertz conversation, uh, back when there was the anonymous reporting that, uh, the Eagles threw to Zach Ertz too much. And so every time the Eagles threw to Zach Ertz, I would just say too, this is too much Ertz in the press box in a very annoying uh-huh. way. Um, I'd like to let, uh, those fans in particular in on the new running gag in the press box, uh, where I annoy you. Um, every time Jalen Hurts throws the ball to Jack Stoll. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. And I just say, oh, man, Jalen really trusts him. <laughs> yes. Every time. Yes. And that was a nod to Sirianni, who once set it over the headset, uh, yeah. about a pass to Jack Stoll. Correct. It's, I think this is fun for the whole family. This is one that you everybody can do and enjoy from the comfort of, of their own home or from the stands at the game. <laughs> Yes, oh, you can really. You can tell Jalen really trusts him. Yes, and it lands every time. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, let's close this bad boy out with Swooper. Um, do we have to? <laughs> I mean, you know, we have a show to do. You know, he wants I know. to. I yes. know. If you I'm want, we'll close I'm going to have a nightmare over this. <laughs> I mean, Marissa, you weren't even that close. I know. <laughs> But still, it's crushing. I had all my scenarios. So it's up. like there's like the Titans complaining about that that passenger for that uh, illegal contact call. Well, didn't really, know, didn't make a difference in the game. I have to say, didn't have good feel. You know, like going into a game when you're like mm, not good feelings. Like you got the socks. I saw that they elevated Ellis, so I was like, you know, this ain't looking good for me. But I had hope. yeah, I had a big lead to start this bad boy. Yeah. Uh, Zach only had two irons in the fire. A.J. Brown reaches 1,000 yards receiving for the season. He needed 169. He did not get that. Good effort. Good job. Nothing. But you also had the total amount of kickoff return yardage in the Eagles games this year surpasses 1,000 yards. One of the more bizarre, um, uh, uh, esoteric tickle nuggets we've had as a, as a prompt. <laughs> They needed we needed 163 combined return yards in this game, and you nailed that bad boy, Zach. Kudos to you. Congratulations. Uh, it looked like there were. Did it? Okay. I actually didn't realize that. Uh, let's see. Oh wait. I didn't do. I yeah. Oh no, you didn't. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> what was I looking at? It looked like before. I think you included punt returns, maybe in there. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, because there's okay, 62 so, uh, yards. Never mind. You got shut out, Zach. Yes. Sorry. Tough My thousand you. yard theme. I was trying. You know, I was I was trying to to be cute, and uh, it didn't work. So that's okay. You live to fight another day. You got nine turkeys to carry over for next week. Marissa, you had there are at least three touchdowns scored by players whose last name begins with an H. Unfortunately, I, I believe there were none. There was no, Jalen Rush for one. There was one. Yeah, oh, Jalen Rush for one. one. Okay, yeah. sorry. Maybe I should get a sorry. third of a point. I don't know. You know what? Sure. Why not? 
Uh, Miles Sanders reaches a thousand yards rushing for the first time in his career. He needed a hundred. He did not get a hundred. He had like 20 something. Uh, the Titans score fewer points than the number, the total number of turkeys bid on this. You bid 10 for that. Zach bid five. I bid zero. That meant that they had to score fewer than 15 points. Bingo, bango, bongo. You hit that one. The Eagles have their lowest time of possession of the season. That one definitely did not hit. And Jordan Davis plays at least 15 snaps. He played two. So one for you. Uh, I had an Eagles player plays in his first game of the season. Christian Ellis. Check. The same team will have possession at both two-minute warnings. The Eagles in the first half. The Eagles in the second half. Check. The Eagles wear white socks. Check. There is either a safety or a touchdown of at least 80 yards. Didn't happen. The Eagles win the game. Check. A blowout victory for your boy. I go to eight uh, points on the season. Zach at three. Marissa at one. Really, it worked out better for you guys that I won that last one because I didn't need it. And now I'm at a turkey disadvantage moving forward. So happy I didn't win that one. You're welcome. Uh, I will go in with only 17 turkeys next week. 24 Zach, from Marissa. We have to win next week. 33 from There's Marissa. No, we have to come up with some good. I need the chat to really help us out. Some really, you know, good scenarios that are going to hit. And Bo can't bet on them because he doesn't have a lot of turkeys. Well, well we got to pull up a uh, Bo Wolf next week, and that's not winning. That's not winning Swooper. It's it's Bo is adept at like he'll have a big story that's running the next day. And it'll be like midnight and he's like, I got to start writing it. Right. And then he knocks it out. He writes a great piece overnight, right? Deadline spur action. And so we're, our, our backs are against the wall. It's, I, I kind of want to channel my, my, I don't have an inner Aaron Rodgers, but I will channel Aaron Rodgers and say, relax. R E L A X. I know a way that you can channel Aaron Rodgers. How? Do some ayahuasca. I wouldn't even know where to start. I I, I couldn't even pronounce it. So oh, that, that would be the first problem. Yes. I would say I need some awashika, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, I'll offer you a trade. Mm-hmm. I will give you all of my turkeys next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all 17. If you write my story for me tonight. <laughs> Oh, I would love that. I, I mean, honestly, not that I don't need the turkeys. I would write your story tonight without the turkeys. Yeah, a chance to write a, a chance to write a, another story, chance at more subs. Yeah, Zach, I'm gonna speak on behalf of Emily, and she's gonna want you to go to bed after this. So. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. We have a killer one, so uh, she is gonna want me to go to bed. But um, I mean, but no, it's all yours if you want it. But that's all. Like that's that's awesome. That's an opportunity. So. A big win Monday morning. People are going to read that. Yeah, it's great. It's a great sub off your rocker. And, and, and you'll have things to say. The great thing about your column, too, in addition to your top, is, is, is that you're able to touch on a number of items. So, you know, I, I really like the leftover thoughts at the end that you, that you get into. Yeah, I think that's that's the cool thing about that column. It's like growing up Monday morning quarterback. I, I couldn't I couldn't wait for Peter King's column. Yours is like the Monday morning quarterback of the uh, of the Eagles beat. Well, you flatter me, but uh, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> That's uh, not it's not looking good. 
It's yours if you want it. I'm wait. I'm seeing. Uh, I'm I'm seeing the chat full of typos. Is that is that my story? I don't think my story's full of typos. I don't think so. so. Oh, okay. You got worried for a second. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. You, you right. always say it's not gonna be good, but then you pull it out of your hat. I am. I am looking forward to it. All right, Zach. What's coming up? The What's coming up this week? What's coming up this week? We have. Uh, Did the Colts just turn the ball over again? Uh, what is that like eight? The, the Eagles are like close, like five minutes ago, and now it's what the hell are they doing? So the Eagles play the New York Giants for the first time this season. Okay, uh, the Giants who tied today against Washington, um, Giants who we think have been playing above their heads, but the Eagles will see them up there in East Rutherford. Uh, season this, ended today. All four NFC's teams in the playoffs. At this time last year, we had taken our our third. Thank you, Andy. Uh, Andy, for our audio listeners, Andy says, I always love to read Bo and Zach's stories on, on Monday. I appreciate you saying that because I love to write them. Um, the Eagles <laughs> uh, Eagles head up to, to East Rutherford. Um, it, interesting matchup. It's the Eagles' first time seeing a Brian Dable coach team. There's some history with Brian Dable between Nick Sirianni and Brian Dable, Jalen Hurts and Brian Dable. There's a Devontae Smith and Brian Dable. There's there's Bo some, Wolf uh, and Mike so, Kafka. Bo Wolf and Mike Kafka. I was I was I was gonna say that. Um, Bo can uh, can feel assured that when he's in the Giants press box next week, he's he's taken care of by a classy organization. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and no, what do we have this week? In all seriousness, uh, Eagles Giants Avante Maddox status will be important to monitor. He is eligible to come off IR. We have no indication one way or the other whether that will occur this week. Uh, we should say, since we spoke to you last, Chauncey Garner-Johnson has been placed on IR, so he's going to miss at least three more games, which means Reed Blankenship, as long as he stays healthy, will be in there. Uh, as 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 for this week, not really any big injuries to monitor. Quez Watkins left the game with a shoulder, and um, Landon Dickerson was out for a bit but then went back in. Uh, so, uh, nothing like last week with the Gardner Johnson injury, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the big thing is, is the Eagles. If I, I, I don't have the scenarios in front of me, but I think if they win next week, they can clinch a playoff bid. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, there was an outside chance yes. that they could do it today if the Niners yes. lost. Uh, so yes, that will be the case. If, 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 if the Niners and Seahawks lost today, they needed both, right? right? But so one they extra lose. win will, will make yes. that happen. Yep. Oh, we almost got so to the Eagles end without the sex bots showing up uh, into the chat, uh -huh. Marissa, all over it again. <laughs> Just only they only got yeah. one in. Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, the the Gardner Johnson thing, we should take a second on it because four games with Reed Blankenship instead of CJ Gardner Johnson is significant because that fourth game is the Cowboys game. Uh, like these next mm -hmm. three, the, this game from today and the other two that follow, Giants next week, Bears the week after. Those are run first teams. You think they'll they'll be fine. They don't really necessarily need Gardner Johnson, but that huge game against the Cowboys, you know, Dak Prescott, who was so good pre-snap, going up against uh Reed Blankenship, that, that that'll be a, a major factor in that game. And if if you like the to bring this all full circle, if you like the topic of revenge games, then Chauncey Gardner Johnson's eligible to come off IR on January first against the New Orleans Saints. 
The Eagles actually, these next three games, we should say, are on the road. Mm -hmm. They do not play in Philadelphia until next year. January first, twenty twenty three. Mm. How did you how did you feel as a kid or as like a young adult about people who would like you'd leave the office on uh uh you know January or December thirty first and everybody like see you next year? Did you like that? Were you in on that? I've never really worked in a traditional office setting. Okay. So uh I but I, I am familiar with the joke. Al Gro uh, never did that? Yeah, he did. Al Grodin. No, Al, 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 Al Grodin. Do I didn't you hate like him, Marissa? It. Like it would, I don't know. Like when you leave for winter break and stuff and everyone's like, see you next year. I'm like, yeah. no, I'll see you like next yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> I once had mono um, in like fourth grade or third grade. Whoa, that's early for mono. I thought you were going to say once had Molly. The teacher told the class like I won't be back till next year and all the kids thought I, that's probably oh, why. Oh, so you're scarred since then. <laughs> And then she had to explain like, oh, no, like she'll be back after winter break. <laughs> so, so you know what we're definitely going to do then is uh, we're going to have the December 30th podcast, right? Uh, Friday, December 30th or mm, Thursday, December 29th. Yeah. And I will say to you guys, I'll see you again next year, right? That could be our theme for Super. All right. We're going to hold I you to remember you, I will. I will remember that. Yes. I believe you, but – it's on you, you now. You got it. As a fan of comedy, right? <laughs> okay. That's right. One of the great. Oh, well, make sure you put it on, on, on your calendar because I know it's on Marissa's calendar and my calendar. So the Sebastian Manikowski uh, Netflix special comes out this week. So <laughs> we'll have to make sure you clear your right. schedule, oh, baby. Yes. <laughs> Incisive, clever social commentary coming as always from Sebastian. He is I great. I, I I I don't know. Yeah. Zach knows yeah. comedy, so I'm not worried. Yes. I, know, I know he's good because Zach likes him. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, okay, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. The Eagles, 11-1. and one. They've got, I believe, the second-best point differential in the league to the Bills. They've got the best yardage differential in the league. They're third in EPA per drive on offense, third in EPA per drive on defense, uh, they are well-rounded. They have proven they can win in many ways. They are very good. They are right now the best team in the league. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, a, a good day to be an Eagles fan and uh, to celebrate this season that has been so far. So we will be back on Tuesday or Wednesday at some point to talk about the Eagles dipping their beaks back into the NFC East schedule, the first of two showdowns with the New York Giants. We'll have the latest on everything else going on with the team and uh, find out if there's any fallout from the uh, controversial touchdown celebration from AJ Brown. For Zach and Marissa and Christian Ellis, as promised, and the birthday boy, Steve Wolf. I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later, and as always. Friends.